King Ford in the Bible. You're turning your pages this morning. First Kings chapter three. And as you are looking for that, we're going to begin in the 16th verse. I'm going to ask that you would stand to your feet all over the building. As we make our faith declaration this morning, as you are looking for the word on today. Would you repeat after me as you are yet turning Bibles and clicking apps? Today I'll be taught the Word of God. My spirit is willing and my mind is sharp. I believe the Word of God. The Word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the Word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I am more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Come on, let's bless, elevate, and point to the four walls of this house. Wealth and riches shall be in this house. I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My church is blessed. I am blessed. Now, if you really believe that on this morning, will you shout amen on today? As we look at 1 Kings, amen, the third chapter, starting in the 16th verse, and we're going to read down to verse 27, reading this morning from the NIV version. So depending on what translation you're reading from, you may see some different words, but I promise we'll come to the same conclusion. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Desha, can you bring me my glasses? Amen. And verse 16 begins, now two prostitutes. Two prostitutes came. That's the Bible, y'all. That ain't my word. Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, pardon me, my Lord. Thank you, baby. That's one of my granddaughters, second oldest grandchild, oldest grandgirl. Amen. Pardon me, my Lord. This woman and I live in the same house. And I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. So we have a baby, two babies, three days apart. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. That got to be a hard sleeper. To let something be removed, something as, as delicate and as, uh, as sensitive as a baby, amen, something that you're supposed to be nurturing and taking care of. But we got some hard sleepers, amen. <laughs> amen. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. And verse 21 says, the next morning I got up to nurse my son 
and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, it's something about that morning light. Ladies, amen. I think Apostle mentioned that the other week. That's why we got to let them see what we look like in the morning light. Amen. That means sometimes you got to show up for the date without the makeup on. Amen, somebody. I saw that it wasn't the son I had born. And verse 22 says, the other woman said, no, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. The king said, this one says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, your son, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. Talking about settling a matter. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, please, my Lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. And we're going to conclude here in verse 27. But the other said, neither I, not you, shall, leave, uh, shall have him cut him in two. And so in verse 27, the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is the mother. Father, hide me behind the cross today. God, let me decrease that you may increase in me, Father. And we thank you for your word on today. We thank you that you loved us enough to let us live. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As you go to your seat, will you look at your neighbor and say, he loved me enough to let me live. Hallelujah. We bless the wonderful name. Put these on now, y'all. We bless the wonderful name of the Lord on today. We see here in the Bible the account of two harlots, two prostitutes, depending on what translation you are reading from, who had two babies three days apart. They both had sons. They lived in the same house. Maybe it was a brothel. The fact that one woman turned over on her son and killed him and thought that she could go in the middle of, a night, in the middle of the night and swap the baby with the living child, I would assume that either maybe she was under the assumption that they slept maybe with the same man and the children looked enough alike that they could pass for one another. But I don't care even if you have twins, if you have triplets, if you have quadruplets, you know each of your children distinctively and individually. We serve a God who knows the number of hairs that we have on our head. He knows each of his children distinctively and individually. And so it would have been real easy today to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. It would have been an easy task to look at Sarah, the mother of faith. There are the ideal image of what a mother should be. But today I thought it noteworthy to look at some imperfect mothers, to look at some prostitutes. 
uh, because I don't know about you, but I'm not a perfect mother. I don't know about you, but I didn't come up with the perfect past. I, I don't know about you, but I did not get it right. I did. I wasn't just born standing in this place. I had to come from somewhere. I had to go through some things. And so uh, maybe your identity or your former identity was that of a prostitute. Maybe it was that of a drug dealer. Maybe it was that of a drug addict. But wherever you find yourself as a mother today, I want you to know that you're not alone in your imperfections. So for the short time that we have today, I want to talk from the thought, a split decision. We have the account of Solomon making a decision as he listened to the petitions of these two women. Uh, If we go over a couple of scriptures or a couple of chapters before, we see where God comes to Solomon and he asks him, what is it that you want? Solomon begins to say, you favored me because of my father, David, and you've given so much to me, but I'm still but a child. So I desire wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. And so here he has an opportunity to exercise his wisdom. That's the real narrative of this text here in 1 King chapter 3. But as we study the text, we see that Solomon isn't the only person exercising wisdom. Two mothers faced to make a split decision. One accusing the other of killing her baby and then swapping out the newborn with her own. The other one saying, no, it was you who did the crime. And so when the king said, I know a way that we can settle this, just cut the baby in half and then you can have a portion and you can have a portion. And like Oprah, you get one, you get one, and you get one. The mother whose child was really the living child, she was moved with compassion and she was moved out of love and instead of being selfish she said no don't kill the baby if I got to release the baby if I got to give the baby up in order for the baby to live I love him enough to let him live and so today as a mother we must have the wisdom and the love to know when to let go Sometimes I know when little Bobby starts kindergarten and you've been at home with him all them years, it's a little hard to let him go. But you got to let him go. I know sometimes when they're going off to college, it's a little hard having those separation, especially when there's distance between you, but you got to let them go. Uh, Hannah had to let Samuel go when she made the promise to God that if she, he would open up her womb, I, I would dedicate him back to you. Uh, Mary had to let Jesus go when she understood that he didn't come just to be her son, but he came to become the savior of the world. So she had to learn the wisdom and had to have the love to let him go. And so this morning, We too must learn to let go of our children and give them over to God. After all, he's the one who created them. We're just the vessel that he used to birth them into the earth realm. I like to think this morning that this split decision actually changed the trajectory of her life. 
Maybe the favor of the king, maybe the decision of the king, maybe her realizing in this very instant that she had someone else that she had to be accountable for, responsible for, caused her to shift her mindset. And instead of returning to the brothel that was once her home, maybe after this moment, after having a moment with the king. It's something about when you have a real moment with the king. When you have a moment with the king, it can change your very essence. It can change your very being. It can change your very life. It don't matter that you used to be a street walker. Now I'm walking the streets for Jesus. When you have a moment with the king, it doesn't matter that you used to be addicted to drugs. Now I'm addicted to discipling. When you have a moment with Jesus, it changes your trajectory. The Bible doesn't go on to record that. It goes on to celebrate Solomon's wisdom. But with my sanctified imagination, I believe that her life was changed forever. And so I want to let you get out of here and go on over to Jay Alexander's or Ruth Chris, wherever you're treating mom this morning. But before I let you go, There's a few things I want to share with you this morning. Before there was a Maury to give us the DNA test, there was a King Solomon to say, you are the mother (laughs) and you are not the mother. And so as the real mother was identified, I want to talk to some real mothers that are in this house today. We see that Real moms are imperfect because she was a prostitute. She was living a life of sin. She was selling her body in order to pay her rent. She was probably selling her body in order to feed her baby. She was doing the best she could with what she had. But when you know better, you can do better. So today I want to talk to some imperfect moms that today you're not the Claire Huxtables. You're not the June Cleavers, but you're the ones that have been on welfare and you're the ones that may have made a decision that the children fought up against and they bucked up against because they didn't understand it but even in the midst of it you made the best choice you could with the circumstances that were presented to you I want to talk to some imperfect mothers today that sometimes you rub your children the wrong way and sometimes you miss some moments in their life and sometimes you don't show up when you need to show up but yet and still you love them your love is not defined by Being at a certain place at a certain time is defined unconditionally. By being there, I saw one of the clips that came as they were doing the uh, Mother's Day salutations. Being there when I most needed you. You you may not be there every time I need you, but when I most needed you, Mama, you was there. I want to talk to some imperfect mothers today. The mothers that had a bumpy beginning didn't start off in church, didn't start off trusting God, didn't start off even knowing who he was. But once you had an audience with the king and once you met him and your life began to change and your habits begin to change, instead of cursing, you was blessing and instead of stressing, you was praying and instead of shaking something for a little dollar, come on, huh? come on somebody, instead of doing that, hey man, you knew how to trust Jehovah Jireh. 
And your children watched this transformation and they didn't understand why you was dragging them to church and they didn't understand why you wasn't allowing certain music to be played in the house anymore and they didn't understand why certain things couldn't be on the television and they fought you every step of the way but I want to talk to you imperfect mother today. Keep on keeping on. The second thing I want you to know is that real moms are compassionate. A mother's love is constant. The men sometimes accuse us of being a little soft, but it's not that we're soft, it's that we're compassionate. I like to think that God just poured a little more of his gentle side into mothers. He knew that we would be the ones that carried life. And he knew that we would be the ones that gave life. And he knew that we would be the ones that would nurture life. Just as he is the life giver. Just as he is a life creator. Just as he is our life sustainer. So I think he put a little more of his compassion inside of mothers. That's why. Mothers run to their babies when they fall down and get a little boo-boo on their knees. And daddy like, let them go. That's how they going to be hard. They gonna, don't be making no, no fuss about it. And mama like, you all right, baby. Don't blame us for having compassion. Mothers, the third thing is real moms are sacrificial. A real mom will sacrifice for her child. I'm not going to have, and my child does not. I'll go without before my child goes without. I'm not going to eat and my child be hungry. I'm not going to have my hair done and my child look like buckwheat. I'm not going to be dressed to the nine and my child look like they've been shopping in the thrift store. I'm going to go without before my child goes without. Mothers are sacrificial. When I wanted to go back to school, but it was more important for you to go to school. When I wanted to go to work, but it was more important for me to be able to be at home with you. When I wanted to pursue my dreams, it was more important for me to make sure that you had the upbringing that you had. So I sacrificed. I loved you enough so that you can live. Pushed you. So mothers, we give up some things. In order for our children to have some things. And so in a split decision, a mother will wrestle an alligator to pull their child out of his clinches. In a split decision, a mother will mortgage her home in order to get her child out of jail. In a split decision, a mother laying on the, on the delivery table will choose to save the life of the unborn child over her own life. If it comes to that, come on somebody. In a split decision, a mother will show up to the school to fight a kid for messing with their baby. Come on somebody. In a split decision. We make the necessary adjustments, as Brother KC will say. I was getting ready to go out, but my baby running a fever. So in a split decision, I choose to be at home with you, baby, instead of out on the town with my girlfriends. In a split decision, I know I've been watching my children day in and day out, and it never seems like I get a break. But God, who else is going to do it? So in a split decision, I choose my baby. This woman... When the split decision came, King Solomon said, bring me a sword. I'm going to split the baby into two. That'll settle the matter. You can have one part of them, and you can have one part of them. 
But in that split decision, this mother said, I would rather him be raised by her than to see a sword come to him. I, I, I would rather him live than to see him die. Uh, uh, but the other mother, she, she didn't have that mindset. The other mother showed just how trifling of a mother she was. I, I want us to know in the house today, we got some trifling mothers out here. Uh, we got some mothers that don't make the sacrifices. We got some mothers that don't have the compassion. We got some mothers that even in their imperfections, they just straight out downright trifling, ratchet. Thank you, Pastor. He said righteousness, not wretchedness, people. Amen. A mother's love knows no end. This other woman said, go ahead. Cut them in two. I don't care. Go ahead. I don't care what happens to him. See, that's what happens when the enemy comes in the night and tries to steal your child. The enemy doesn't care what happens to him. The enemy's not worried about your child's life. That's why when he comes in in the middle of the night and he tries to get in your child's mind and he tries to get in your child's heart and he tries to substitute your child with something that's dead, you think your baby is on drugs and that there's no life yet left in him. That's the enemy's job to come to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy desires to sift us as we. The enemy desires for your child not to live. But I'm coming to tell some mother today, keep on praying, keep on trusting, and keep on believing. Even if that means I got to let my child go for a season. But I know that the just king is going to bring my child back. I know that the just king is going to restore life unto my child. I know that the just king is going to make a just decision as it relates to my child. A mother's love has no boundaries. But even as mothers, as women, we cannot operate from our emotions. We must seek wisdom for the best possible outcome. God gives wisdom to mothers who seek it. Whether you're single or married, whether you're a harlot or whether you're holy, James 1 and 5 says, if any man lack wisdom or woman, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. So he ain't worried about you being a harlot. He ain't worried about you still being on drugs. He ain't worried about you not finishing high school. He ain't worried about how many you done slept with. He ain't worried that you don't even know who the baby daddy is. All he's saying is look to me. They, sit, they did it in the dance. I look to you, Lord. I look to you. All he wants you to do is look to him. Lean not on our own understanding. We got to get to the place that we're trusting in God especially where it comes to our children. What I like about this text is two harlots had enough confidence to bring their matter to the king. It didn't matter that they were prostitutes. It didn't matter that they were doing something that uh, was frowned upon in their society. It didn't matter that they were sleeping with other people's husbands, that the very act and being caught in that act caused you to be stoned. It didn't matter that they that they, people knew who they were and pointed fingers at them as they walked down the street. I'm sure arguing and all the way to the king's presence they still 
trusted and had enough confidence to come to the king. What does that tell us? It doesn't matter where you find yourself today. Have enough trust and confidence to come to the king. It don't matter who said you're never going to be nothing. It don't matter if who said you just like your daddy. It don't matter who said you just like your mama. It don't matter if they said you're too far gone. It doesn't matter. Come to the king. Mark 2 and 17 tells us that Jesus said, I didn't come for the healthy, but I came for the sick. We talked about this on yesterday. The church is a hospital, a spiritual hospital. So we can't make people feel so uncomfortable when they come because they don't look like they should look. They don't act like we think they should act. They don't talk like we think they should talk because they're harlots and prostitutes, pimps and pushers, drug addicts, less educated. We have to make an environment. Solomon welcomed their matter. And so we're going to have some harlots and some drug addicts. We're going to have some pimps and some pushers. But we got to let them come to the king. Because we serve a God that is perfect. None of us are perfect. Not the one standing here with the microphone. Not the one singing on the platform. Not the one sitting in the pew. None of us are perfect. We all have something that we're working on. We all have something that we're going through. We all have something that we need to give over to the king. But if we don't give it over to him, we can never get the help that we desire from him. And so as we come to our close on today, I want us to know that even though There are imperfect mothers and daddies. We serve a perfect God. And while we saw the compassion of one mother, we can always see the compassion of our father. Because he's a good, good father. Lamentations 3, 22 uh, 22 and 23 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. He loved us enough to let us live. For his compassion never fails. Every day. Every day. It's renewed. Great is his faithfulness. The same compassion that God shows us. Is the same compassion. That we ought to have for others. And just as it showed in the text. That mothers are sacrificial. Jesus became. The perfect sacrifice. He became the sacrificial lamb. He died on the cross for us. He paid a debt that he did not owe. And died a death that he did not have to die. He thought it not robbery to leave heaven. To leave glory. And to take on an earthly body. A humanly form. He says prepare a body for me. I'll go. When they were slaughtering lambs and fatty calves, the blood was not good enough. So he said, I am the perfect one. I will become the perfect sacrifice. 
in a split decision when they looked at humanity and when they looked at the condition of the world Jesus said daddy I'll go send me because I have perfect love and I have perfect compassion and I will become the perfect sacrifice and I'll live give up my life so that they can live he loved us enough to let us live because we were worthy of the judgment that was due unto us we were guilty as charged but he loved us enough to let us live Romans 5 tells us that while we were yet sinners God sent his only begotten son into the world because he loved us enough to let us live when we should have been the ones hanging on the tree but because of his love he chose us just like this mother he chose to let us live we could have been sentenced to hell a long time ago but because of his mercy great is his faithfulness great is his faithfulness great is his faithfulness towards a wretch like me a wretch that was messed up that stood on the corner and sold drugs I was that drug dealer I was that drug pusher even with my babies I did the best that I knew at that time to make sure there was food on my baby's table to make sure that they had clothes on their back I made some mistakes I didn't always make the right choices but even an imperfect person like me God looked on me the king saw my matter and he said you are the real mother he said I see your sacrifice he said I see the love that you have and that same love is poured out from the father because I love you I love you I love you enough to let you live hallelujah so this morning all standing all standing on this morning that mindset that I got to get myself together oh yeah I got a couple of more things I need to do and then I yeah I'm gonna come to church but I'm working on some things you know when I get it together I'm gonna come you can't get it together I would still be cooking up crack cutting up rocks pop dropping them in bags standing on the street corner slinging dope if I thought I could get it together but the minute I surrendered to the king the minute I presented my matter to him uh, God the devil is trying to take my babies and he's trying to give me this dead thing see your dead thing may be the devil's trying to tell you you don't have no hope or no future your dead thing may be the devil's trying to say, well, you didn't finish school, so how far you think you're going to make it in life? That dead thing may be. The devil is saying, you done messed up. You a whole prostitute. You a whole crackhead. You an abuser, a womanizer. But today, we present our matter before the king. We present our cause before the king. We're not going to allow the devil to exchange what God has given us. We're not going to allow the devil to just take what God has given us.
There's some mothers in here today that are believing God for their children. Keep on believing. I had three children that, two that went to jail, three that went to jail and did more than a day. A couple of them that went in on tickets and different stuff. But that didn't stop me from praying. That didn't stop me from believing. One went to jail for about three months. Felonious flight from an officer. Drugs. Three months. He's a truck driver now. Felony overturned. He carries an armed weapon now. Another one. Just miscellaneous stuff. Fights and d- different stuff. Went to jail. Just had a baby. Went to jail. Had to care for a baby while she was in jail. Never thought I would see the day that my kids would be walking the state in there. They're straight and narrow. But she's sitting here in church today. I baptized her. The beginning of the month. Last month. Because the devil thought that I was just going to lay there while he exchanged my baby with something that wasn't real. With something that wasn't alive. But he had the right one, baby. I'm taking my case before the king. So today, keep trusting. Keep believing. Even in the midst of that split decision, we don't always make the right choice. But that's why we got to call on God and say, God, I can't do it unless you tell me. I can't go unless you lead me. I can't speak it unless you tell me what to say. I can't make it, God, if you're not with me. That's why we got to give up everything and make room for him and make him a priority. So today, if there is one and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you grew up in the church, big mama and them, papa and them brought you to church. And then when you got older, you did everything you was big and bad enough to do like I did grew up in a church and still sold drugs I should have been dead I'm selling drugs on the streets of Crip and blood territory y'all don't know about the west coast them gangs is for real came from Detroit they said don't bring nothing blue or red we from Detroit what you talking about we don't play all that was bold with it. We'd wear blue one day, red the next day, just out tripping. They were serious about the stuff. But the hand of God covered. I lived on the West Coast. I watched people get gunned down right before me because of the color they were wearing. The set they were repping. And here I was out here playing with it. Because I wasn't from that area and didn't recognize how real it was. But God's hand was on my life even then. Sold drugs in their territory, but God's hand was on my life even then. For such a time as this, so I can let somebody else know that he is the answer. He is the way. He is the light. You can't get it together. Only he can get it together for you. So if you are that one today, this is your split decision. This is your moment. Even if you've accepted, accepted him and have fallen he says I'm married to the backslider it's time to come back so when this split decision what is yours the altar is open 
Will you come this morning? Let us pray with you. As we're celebrating our mothers today. I want you to know. No matter what your mom did or did not do. There were some split decisions that she had to make on behalf of your family. And she made those decisions based on her capacity of understanding in the circumstances that she was presented with. So don't hold her. There's some reconciliations that need to take place today. There's some children that have hardened their hearts against their mothers and you hadn't talked to her. There's some mothers that have hardened their hearts against their children and you hadn't talked to them. But there's some reconciliation that needs to take place, some restoration that God says he wants to do. So when you leave this place, before that split decision, when there's an accident, before that split decision, when there's a diagnosis, before that split decision, when life is being sucked out of you and you can't call them and make amends, make get it right. Because we don't know when that real split decision is going to come. If you need prayer for anything on today, make room for him. Piccadilly's going to be there. But your soul, eternity is too long and hell is too hot to play with your soul. Y'all think these little 90 degree days we getting is, is bothering you? Don't get your soul right and spend an eternity 90 degrees you'll be asking for it if you need prayer for anything on this morning would you come hallelujah this is your time to pray that's my baby y'all The enemy, listen, it's hard enough fighting off the enemy when you're called to ministry. But when he realizes he can't really attack you, he begins to attack your children. He begins to attack the things that you love. And the enemy will try to attack our kids to get at us. So we got to continue to pray for them. We got to continue to cover them. We got to continue to declare God's word over them. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what kind of hell they raising now. I don't care what it looks like. You speak to that child and say that's not what it is. Quit speaking curses over your children. You just like your daddy. And then you wonder why they acting crazy. You're just like your drunk grandpa. You're just like this person. You're just like your whole mugging mama. And then you wonder why they're sleeping around. Quit speaking curses over our children. Speak life. We don't love them to death. We love them to life. We love them enough that they can live. So even now, God, we pray, Father, that you will begin to pierce the hearts of your people that are in this room. Those that are watching by way of Facebook, YouTube social media we pray father now in the name of jesus that you would heal god first that mother that's standing there god questioning did she do the right thing did she make the right decisions that's standing there with regrets father 
We bind the spirit of condemnation. We bind the spirit of shame. We bind the spirit of embarrassment now in the name of Jesus. We all have a past, God, and we will not be defined by who we were, but be defined by who you called us to be. So today, we walk in the new mindset and we walk in the new life, God, in which you created us to live. We thank you that you loved us enough, God, to let us live. And Father, I pray now for those children that may be sitting here in this room that are holding unforgiveness towards their mothers, holding unforgiveness in their hearts. God, maybe they didn't understand looking through eyes of a child and maybe they heard one version of the story and God, today, I pray that your truth will be revealed, that mothers will be vindicated, that God, you will bring restoration and reconciliation, that unforgiveness, Father, becomes a cancer to us. So give us to release it in this atmosphere and where there is reconciliation and restoration needed. I pray, God, that we would have the maturity, the love, the compassion, and the selflessness to go to our parents to go to our child, to make amends, to repent and to offer up our apologies and to offer up forgiveness where it is needed in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray for each and every person now, God, that God, as we go through today, for those father who mothers have already gone on to glory, I pray that this is not a day of sorrowfulness for them, that this is not a day of mourning or grief, Father, but a day of rejoicing and remembrance as they celebrate, God, the memories and love and legacy of their mothers in the name of Jesus. I speak to every broken heart and every hung down head now, God. God, that they will not withdraw or retreat because it's Mother's Day, Father. We break that chain and that shackle. That will keep them in the place of grief, in the place, in the place of darkness, even now, God. We pray for mothers that are suffering with infertility, that are suffering with barrenness, Father. God, that you will open up their womb. Those that have suffered miscarriages, God. God, I speak to their minds and to their emotions now in the name of Jesus. And God, I declare healing father just as you opened up Hannah's womb God you are able to open up theirs just as you opened up Sarah's womb God you are able to open up theirs God God I thank you that you are the giver of life and even those father that remain without children I thank you for the spiritual sons and daughters that you will assign to them in the name of Jesus I thank you for the mother's heart that they have to be nurturers and encouragers and givers and supporters because there are many that are without a mom. So God, today, we celebrate you in this place. We thank you, Father, for your wisdom. That when we are faced with a split decision, God, that we can make a decision, God, based on how you are leading and how you are directing us. That we, oh God, will exercise Proverbs 3 and 5. That we will trust in you with all our hearts. And lean not unto our own understanding. Uh, that in all our ways we will acknowledge you. Uh, that you may direct our path. Uh, that God when we are uncertain. And God when we are faced with challenges. That we don't have the capacity God. To understand. That we will seek wisdom and direction from you. So Father even now. Move on every heart and soul. Heal where there, there's healing needed. Set free those that are captive and bound. Deliver today. 
And Father, we'll be ever so careful to give your name glory, to give your name praise, and to give your name honor. We thank you again, God, for loving us enough to let us live. If you are grateful for God loving you enough to let you live, come on and bless the name of the Lord in this place. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. We bless your name, Lord. We honor you in this place, God. We thank you for being a perfect parent. We thank you for being a loving father. We thank you for being a good shepherd. God, we bless your name today. We thank you that we can call on you, Abba. Hallelujah. So, Father, as we depart from this place, but never from your presence, God, we pray, God, that you would dispatch your angels before us. We bind accidents and incidents on every hand. I bind the spirit of loneliness and depression even now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for wrapping us in your loving arms. And for leading us as we go throughout this week. We pray blessings over every mother and grandmother, great-grandmother and mother-to-be. Over every mother figure, every bonus mom. And it's in Jesus' name that we close out today. Amen and amen. I'm going to present our apostle amen for final remarks as we close out this Mother's Day celebration. Come on, can we say amen as he comes on this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. One last time, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. I want to make one last appeal to you. The split decision. The Bible says, choose ye this day, this hour. Whom shall you serve? But you also have to make a choice, too, of whom shall you connect to. You may be here today and you don't have a church home. But the Spirit of the Lord is calling you today. You felt the connection today. That's you today. The Lord called you to this place to connect you to this place. Split decision. You're trying to choose between here or there. God keeps bringing you back to this place. He's bringing you back here for a reason. So you don't have a church home in the midst of looking for one. And you feel today that Elevate Church is that place of connectivity for you today. If that's you, would you lift your hand in the air high at me right now that you looking for a church? Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Will there be another today that would say today is the day I want to connect with Elevate Church? I believe this is my church home that God is connecting me with. If that's you, let me see your hand in the air on today. Amen. And amen. And amen. You'll be handed a white card. We have another one on this side over here. If we can get a card in his hand. Thank you, Lucas. Amen. We give God praise and we give God glory. Amen. Come on, clap your hands real loud one more time. Amen. To all of our mothers in the house, again, we honor you. We celebrate you on today. All standing to your feet as we get ready to close. If you're a first, second, or reoccurring guest, I'll be in the foyer today. I'd love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you on your way out don't leave without shaking my hand and introducing yourself can we give pastor tiffany a hand clap of praise today for the word of god amen 
And for all of our mothers, we have another gift for you. So stay in the sanctuary. All the mothers in the house today, we have more gifts for you. Amen. So don't go anywhere. Upon our departure, let your husband crank up the car and turn the air on for you. Pull up on the awning to give you VIP service. Amen. And if your husband is not here, amen, just, amen, just hang around. Amen. Boaz may be in the foyer. Amen. Y'all get that on the way home. Amen. Lift your hands as we close out in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this time of word and fellowship. We thank you, oh God, for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your spirit, God, resting in this place. Father, we bless you now. We thank you for all that was said and done and all that shall be done in the lives of your people. We thank you, O God, for deliverance. We thank you, O God, for freedom. We thank you, O God, for breakthrough. We thank you, O God, for healing. Thank you for peace. God, we thank you for prosperity. And God, we give you the glory. It's in Jesus' mighty name. We do pray. Somebody shout real loud, amen. Shout again, amen. And amen. God bless you. Keep this out prayer. Jesus' name.